This is the day that the Lord has made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. We're thanking God for this day. loved us so much that he said, you know what? Look at yourself. You're special. You're powerful. You're more than a conqueror. You're all the things you could ever imagine and then some because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And why did he make that sacrifice? Because he saw you. And if you were the only one that was not saved, if you were the only one that wasn't going to make it, Jesus said, I'm coming for you because you are special. My name is Tracy Burton. I'm one of the ministers here at Zion Hill. And I welcome you in the name of Jesus and to this family, this body known as Zion Hill. This is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Not that we're going to try, we're going to think about it. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And right now, as we're opening up our services, we're going to just usher in our Heavenly Father, His presence via His Holy Spirit. Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we recognize and we honor you, Father, for who you are. And Father, on this Father's Day, we remember the prayer that your Son, Jesus, taught us. And in that prayer, He said, Abba, Father, our Father, recognizing you, Father, on an intimate measure, on an intimate relationship that you are our Father. And because of the sacrifice that Jesus has made, we get to come to your throne personally with our cares, our worship, and our prayers, knowing, Father, that you know the very hairs on our heads. We don't have an ancestor. We don't have to go to Buddha or anybody else. Father, through the power and the blood of Jesus, we get to come to, to you directly because you are our Father. And Father, as this worship service continues, as the word of man, a word of God comes to give us the deliverance of your word upon us, Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit comes in this place and that our songs and our prayers, Father, be a sweet savor unto you. We love you and we believe in you and we welcome and invite your spirit into our lives and to this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God some praise, everybody. Clap your hands like this, come on. Come on, happy Father's Day to everybody. Tell somebody I came to praise the Lord. Tell them I came to praise the Lord. Say, I've got a message. I've got a message. 
just for you. It's in his word, I know it's, it's true. It's in his word, I know it's true. Come on, say it doesn't really matter it what you're going matter through. What you're going through. Say, I know the Lord will see you I through. I know the Lord will see you through. Say, trouble don't last. Trouble don't last. If you believe that, clap those hands. Trouble don't last always. Trouble don't last always. Oh, trouble don't last always. Everybody say, say trouble don't last long. Trouble don't last yeah. One more time, say, I'm got a message just for you. It's in his word, it's I know it's true. It doesn't really matter it what you're going through. You go say, through. I know the Lord. I know the Say, trouble don't last. Let me hear you. Come on, sing it, everybody. Say, trouble don't last long. But joy will come. When will it come? Weeping night. But joy, but joy coming. Sing it Weeping night into the night. But joy coming. When will it come? Hey. Weeping Trouble don't last. Trouble don't last. Everybody, trouble don't last. Don't last. Yeah, sing it. Say, trouble don't last.
hands right there and say it won't last always. Because we have a God that is capable of pulling you through every circumstance and situation that you find yourself in that the devil brings your way. Remember, though the weapons form against you, they will not prosper against you because you have a God that sits higher than any obstacle, any struggle that you may have, and He's consistently pulling you through. Just worship Him now. Help me sing, prove all sing.
Praise right there. Hallelujah. He'll never leave nor forsake you. He'll never leave nor forsake you. You may be seated in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God. We thank you. Give God some praise one more time, everybody. Hallelujah. Listen, we have more good news on the horizon. Somebody say good news. Tell somebody say good news. 
Listen, this is what we have going on. I want you to, everybody, pull out your phone right now. I'm going to do like Sister Elizabeth done last week. Everybody get your phone out. Get your phone out, everybody. Hurry up, like Pastor would say. Get your phone out. I want you to put something on your calendar. Go to your calendar, everybody. Go to August 19th. Say August 19th. August 19th at 6 p.m. in the evening. We're going to have the biggest celebration party. I wanted to say this side of the Mississippi River, but I just say this side of the Jordan River. Amen. In Louisiana, we're going to be throwing a big homecoming celebration for all choir members, past and present. You ought to give some noise right there and make some noise. And it's going to be entitled Homecoming on the Hill. As you know, we're celebrating the centennial celebration all year long so we have so many wonderful things planned and this is just one of those things how many days we have left to the countdown 90 days have you guys been seeing on the marquee outside the 90 day countdown have y'all been seeing that that is the 90 day countdown to our church anniversary we're going to be celebrating 100 years of this church being existence amen so this is what we need you to do Raise your hand if you've been a choir member at any time at Zion Hill, past or present. Sister, oh, I see you. We need your help. That includes the youth choir. Raise them big. Raise them high. So listen, if you've been a part of any choir at Zion Hill at any time, this is the night we want you to come back to the choir. I want to be like the, uh, the Blues Brothers say, we're getting the band back. <laughs> so one night now if you want to stay after that please feel free to but one night if you've ever been a part of Zion Hills Choir or Youth Choir we want you to celebrate with us in our centennial celebration on that night as we celebrate 100 years what we're going to do for all of our audience and anybody that's watching we're going to be doing some older songs so we want you to participate by doing this there is a box in the foyer um in the foyer area and there's a card any song that you want zion hills choir to do on that night some of your favorite songs from years past we want you to write it on that card also there's a qr code if you're streaming with us you can tap that qr code right now and you can make your song suggestion for the song anybody heard of leaning on jesus okay we're going to be doing that youth choir anybody heard of write the vision Okay, we're going to be doing that song as well. So any song that you feel in your spirit, listen, I used to love when Zion Hills Choir would minister that song. We want you to write it on the card or tap it on the QR code and fill out the information sheet. For any choir member that is streaming with us and you stay far away, you might stay in Houston, Atlanta, Dallas, or whatnot, you can also tap that QR code. That includes everybody in the house now. Tap that QR code. There's also a link to fill out an information sheet on you, okay? So that we can have your information and also we'll be able to communicate with you, let you know what's going on. We're going to put the songs in a whole Google form and Dropbox for you to learn on your own. So when we come on that night, we'll be on one accord with one mind, with one sound. Amen? So again, somebody say August 19th. 6 p.m. We're bringing all of the past choir members back in presence. Say that. Say we're bringing all of the past choir members and present choir members back to sing. 
All right, so I've just seen like three-fourths of the church raise your hand. So we should have, uh, Pastor, we might have to make some more room on the stage because we should have over 100, 150 voices, amen? So again, that's August 19th, 6 p.m. Meet here, Zion Hill, on that night. Hope to see your face in the place. Give God some praise. Glory, glory, glory. How's everybody doing? Uh, we just got to do better than that. God is good to us. How's everybody doing? Again, my name is Tracy Burton, and I'm one of the ministers here at Zion Hill. And my task at this time is to come and to share with you and invite you to continue your praise and worship in your giving. And the scripture says, 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, and it talks about how we should give. And it says, let each man do accordingly as he has purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for love, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So in this passage of scripture, it is imparting unto us the wisdom of God and telling us how we should give, not, out of, not grudgingly or out of necessity, but we give out of love of God. And if you take a look at the scripture, particularly in the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus is teaching us, he said, our Father who art in heaven, and then it says what? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, we are children of the kingdom. Thy will be done on earth, let it be done us. And when you come to Zion Hill, I want you to see the will of God being done in this community. You see Brother Shaw around here somewhere. He has basketball for the men and women at Zion Hill. We have midweek service here for the whomsoever to come in and get imparted with the word of God and just given a little extra here at Zion Hill. We have the youth choir here at Zion Hill. I'll share a testimony with you and pastors stumbled upon it once. At Zion Hill, because of your giving, because of your giving, your tithes and your offering, this body is open, this church building is open. That means for me at lunchtime, when I was really going through it, I had the opportunity to come into the sanctuary, get on my knees and pray. Your giving is supporting the kingdom of God here, supporting this community. So I impart unto you, don't give out of need or necessity, but out of love of God, out of love for this community, for this is good ground. So let your giving be done to honor not only your heavenly father, but let your giving be done so that you can sow a seed into your community that the word of God will be done and that the children of this community and others will have a place to come and experience and see the love of God. Let's bow our heads. Oh, gracious God in heaven, we come before you humbly in the name of your son, Jesus. And Father, we recognize your goodness. Father, we recognize your power. Father, we recognize that you have never left us alone. In good or bad, you're always there. The presence and the power of your Holy Spirit imparting unto us, Father, the wisdom and the knowledge, Father, of your kingdom. Encouraging us, Father, to rise up and to face the giants in our lives. Knowing, Father, that we're more than conquerors even when we don't feel like it. For your word teaches us, Father, that we, the children of God, walk by faith and not by sight. And it is not a feeling that dictates how we should live our life. But it's our conviction, Father, our commitment, Father, to your heavenly kingdom. That the children of this world, 
that they will be able to see the goodness of you in our lives. But not only see it when we rise and high and doing well, but they were able to see, Father, the goodness and the power of your Holy Spirit in our lives when we're struggling, when we're crying, and you reveal yourself to us. And the world looks at us and they see how we stand up strong. And how, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we face the giants and we overcome the storms. And we recognize, Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, we are victors and not victims. And it's in that vein and in that prayer, Father, we recognize you have given us the opportunity to give unto your kingdom. That the people of this world will see, Father, your children don't beg for bread. Father, we love you and we believe in you. And we claim your blessing upon our tithes. We claim your blessings upon our offering. We claim your blessings upon our lives. And we will live a life, Father, that's reflective of who you are in us through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward, please.
Amen. Let me thank God for our young people one more time. We are so grateful. I want to seize this opportunity to say happy, happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. Amen. We are grateful for your life and for your ministry. And we celebrate you today for everything that you meant in our life. Are you glad you have a father? Well, come on, let's, let's just thank God for that. What a blessing. Also, I want, talking about father, we want to thank God for a new addition to our church family. Uh, Brother Terrence and Sister Tanya, they just had a brand new baby girl. Amen. Thank God for another blessing. Lord knows I could use more members. Amen. And I always thought about building a bigger choir. So God is helping me out. We, we congratulate the Williams for the blessing. Couple of more praise report. I'm grateful. Uh, one of our deaconess, Mother Shirley Beard. Amen. She went through a surgery and the Lord brought her out very successfully. We give God the glory. Yes, that is something to shout about. Every time I get report from you all, my heart rejoices because we just don't want to be teaching the Bible. We want it to manifest in our life. Amen. So we are grateful. For those of you who got a new home, we celebrate you also. Thank God for the blessing. And that's what it's all about. We hope and pray that God who started the good work in you is able to finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. Also, I'm pleased to report we have the Hicks team. I believe it's a family. They just come to visit us today. Will you all please stand? I just want to celebrate you. Thank you. Look at that. Whoa. Come on, we can do better than that. What a blessing. You all look so good. So, I am so used to so many familiar faces. Sister Baker, anybody wants to say something from the family? Hey, please invite them to come. We'd love to hear from you. Come on down. Amen. Oh, they sent me a good-looking one. Yes, sir. Help yourself, sir. Man, you look, look at that. Take a picture. <laughs> oh, good morning, Zion Hill. My name is Kevin Hingston. Um, I'm glad to be here with our family for the weekend. We had a wonderful, loving weekend. Um, 
Our cousin, uh, Pam Baker, who's a member here, has opened her arms, and we hear that Zion Hill has helped us out a little bit. So, so we're glad to be here. Glad to see all my cousins, and glad to see the family that's here. So we just want to thank you for opening the doors and showing your love. And thank you, family, for coming here. I still say you're good looking, sir. Yes, sir. That's just a fact. I love you. Come on, everybody. Thank God for the Hicks history. We are grateful, grateful, grateful. Do we have any other guests in the house? I just want to celebrate. It's a, a day of celebration anyway. Glad to see my sister from Monroe, I believe. Amen. We are so grateful. Thank you for coming to help Mama out. These are relatives of uh, Dickiness Rose Johnson. And, and I believe she just come to help us out. And I have to come visit you in Monroe. I heard you got a new house there. You know I'm nosy. I'm coming. <laughs> Amen. Any other guests? Yes, please stand up. I want to know you. Amen. Every, the hand is pointing way up there. Come on, talk to me. I want to know who you are. Because I need a microphone. Just, just be patient. I want the whole church to hear your voice. And glad to see my sister Adeyinka here in the house too. Amen. Adeyinka is the granddaughter of Mama Rose Johnson. I was in London recording for my TV broadcast one day and she was in London also. So I called her. It was, I couldn't believe we were all in the same neighborhood, just hanging out in Chile. It's, it's just good to get out of here sometimes. We welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to tell us who you are. Good morning. My name is Marquita Stovall. This is my husband, Chris, Braden, Isaiah, and Miss Gian over there. We're here visiting my aunt and uncle, Rena and Bruce Harrell. Um, and we're from Texas. Amen. All the way from Texas. We love you. Welcome in Jesus' name. You all look good, too. Those are nice colors, you know. Amen. We thank God for all of our guests. Are you happy to see all of our guests this morning? What a blessing. And thanks to all of our pastors in the house. Pastor Reed is here. Pastor Tinney is here. Pastor Edison. Amen. Who knows? We have more associate ministers here. We're glad to see Pastor Tracy Button all the way from Baton Rouge. We are so grateful for all of you. Let's all get up and walk around and say hello. Just hug somebody and tell them Happy Father's Day.
also say a big thank you to all of the men, all of our fathers that gathered yesterday. We are grateful for a time of celebration. Thanks to all of our new creation uh, members for their service. They fed us and entertained us and talked to us. We are so grateful. Amen. What a blessing. Also, please don't forget our second service today at 10 o'clock. One of my sons in the ministry. Thank you, sir. Minister Jeremy Perkins will be ministering to us. So this will be her, his first sermon. So as many of you as can stick around, I know I'm going to go to church two times today. I want to be there to, to shout and encourage him. So as many of you as can come, we'll appreciate you. Amen. If you have your Bible with you, will you please turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. Let me encourage you to stand as we read the word of God. Thanks to all of our dancers last, last Sunday, we appreciate you. Uh, one of my pastors was reporting to me. After they finished dancing, they just went back there, collapsed with the spirit, and still worshiping God. That's what true ministry is all about. Amen. So, get into the presence of God with thanksgiving. Amen. Coach, glad to see you, sir. That young man is visiting Coach Sad. And he's been in church every time he's been here. I'm so proud of you, son. That's how you win in life. Always include God. Amen. The book is 1 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 15. 1 Corinthians, chapter 4. Verse 15. If you find it, say amen. Let me also mention, before the fathers leave today, our church has a gift for every father in the house. This is our way of saying thank you for all that you do for the family. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. The Bible says, For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. While you're still standing, let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for another day to say thank you. 
Lord, we thank you for our salvation. We thank you that you are our Father. And Lord, we thank you for all the fathers in the house today. Not just those who are here, those who will be listening on radio, those who are watching on television, those who are live streaming with us right now. Lord, I pray that you will glorify yourself in this house. Lord, I pray that you will speak to our heart. Help us to be a better person. Help us to fulfill our mission here on earth. Lord, I pray that you will minister to the need of every man, every woman in this house. We thank you for souls in the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you for miracles in this house. If somebody is here this morning and need healing in their body, we name it and we claim it in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that the power of God will move freely on hand without any interruption in this house. It is so. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, The Power of Our Father. Because today is Father's Day, we want to encourage and inspire all of our fathers in this house and those that are worshiping and live streaming with us. First, I want to go on record to say happy, happy Father's Day again and again to all of our fathers. We honor you, we salute you, and we celebrate you. We thank God for the call of God upon your life, and we thank God for your faithfulness. And to those of you that are runaway fathers, we want you to know we are not mad at you. In fact, we love you. We're not here to hate on you. We're not here to judge you. We're here to help you. And the truth be told, we need you. Late last night, I was doing some research, and one of my friends reminded me that one out of every four children in America is fatherless. In our research, we also find out, ladies and gentlemen, that America is number one in the whole world when we are talking about fatherlessness. So this is a serious problem. And so we are not here to judge you. We actually need you if you're a father. And we're here to build you up, to encourage you, and to inspire you to take your place in Christ. Somebody say amen to that. 
And we're not here to ignore our women also. Just because it's Father's Day, that don't mean we have nothing to say to our women. As far as the word of God is concerned, women are no less. You're just as important in your calling. Amen. A woman is basically another man with a womb. That's all it is. So what I'm going to be teaching is applicable to you also. And by the way, if uh, you're still wondering, I know there's a lot of debate out there who is a boy, who is a girl. Well, if you're not having a womb, you're a brother. So just get that set to you. You don't, you don't need to get into all these stupid debates on television. You don't need to be walking funny. No, no, no. That's foolishness. So just ask yourself, do you have a womb? And if you ain't got no womb, hello, brother. <laughs> Amen, somebody. <laughs> Let me get back in the spirit here. So we thank God for all of our sisters also. The Lord made you to carry life. So we don't take that lightly at all. And the enemy knows that, by the way. He knows that you are called to, to carry life. So if you're not careful, what the enemy would do will have you to carry everything else but life. So sisters, be mindful of who you are in Christ and take your place. The devil is full of tricks. Before you realize it, you'll be, instead of carrying life, you'll be, you'll be nurturing anger and resentment. Some sisters are so angry. God cannot even bless you because you're full of hatred. So you're not supposed to be carrying all those mess. You need to know God created you with a womb to carry life. Amen. So don't carry death in your womb. Can stop there and go home. It's a special calling for God to see. I made you to carry life. Don't let the, the devil put any mess in your spirit. Amen. Amen. Let me go back to men here. In the text that I read to you, that was just introduction. <laughs> in the passage I read to your hearing talking about fathers the Bible says you have 10,000 instructors but you have only few fathers so when I say I want to talk about the power of a father because there are very few fathers, I want to encourage all of you 
to pay attention. It's amazing that Apostle Paul actually put numbers to it. You see, there are thousands, you see, at least 10,000 instructors. And if you look at our life today, we have instructors for just about everything. When you go to school, there are instructors there. Am I right about it? When you go back home, there are instructors at home. When you get, go on your job, there are instructors. You go on Facebook, there are instructors. You go on Instagram, somebody is always trying to tell you what to do or how to do it. You go on YouTube, there are instructors. You go on TikTok, there are all kinds of hundreds and thousands of instructions. So Apostle Paul, you can see this brother is anointed when he said you have thousands of instructors. But what we don't always have are fathers. Today my assignment is to share with you briefly who is a father. If we only have few of them, you need to know then we need to know what kind of anointing, what kind of power these creatures that we call Father have. It's a dangerous thing to be a father and you don't know what you got. Ladies and gentlemen, who is a father? I believe with all my heart that we can simplify it by saying a father is a father because he made a deposit in somebody's life. I believe I'll say that again. A father is a father because he made a deposit in somebody's life. Many people are just sperm donors. They're not a father. Hey, don't turn me up. <laughs> you, you know I'm anointed. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, many people have instructors in their life, but they have no one to make investment in their life. A lot of children, the reason why they're struggling is because everybody's trying to tell them what to do, but very few are willing to make an investment in their life. Paul is saying to the church at Corinth, I have made investment in you. He called that church and said, you are my begotten. In other words, I'm not just your pastor. I am your father. Please take note. Just because you're a preacher, that don't make you a father. Can you handle the truth? Just because you preach good or you know the Bible, that does not make you a father. 
you got to make a deposit. You got to invest. Are you all still here this morning? Please permit me to say for the record, there are three kinds of father. How many kinds? You know, I'm taking my time this morning. I don't want you to miss anything. There's what we call heavenly father. You hear the songwriter say, my heavenly father watches over me. There is a father in heaven. Secondly, you have what we call earthly fathers. Amen. Nobody is here today without an earthly father. As beautiful and gorgeous and special looking the women are. They have no seed. Only men are made to produce seed. And you cannot birth anything except there's a seed in the ground. <laughs> Try to help somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, so I encourage all of you to make sure you know all these three kinds of fathers. The third kind of father is what we call spiritual fathers. I will submit to you that you name all three kinds of fathers in your life. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, many people are roaming through life with no father. As a nation, as blessed as we are, we have all the technologies. We are the strongest economy, strongest military, and yet we are number one when it comes to fatherlessness. You'd be amazed how many people have no father at home, no father in the house of God. And they are not even connected to their heavenly father. By the way, when I say you need a heavenly father so that we don't miss it, I'm saying to you, you must be born again. God does not become your father until you come to him and invite him into your life. And you'll be amazed as many as I gather here today and so many of you watching on television or maybe you're live streaming right now. You enjoy listening. But you listen to the word of God just to be inspired, just to feel good. You've never made Jesus your Lord and your Savior. Like a prodigal. You are living a riotous life. That's not the will of God for you. You need a heavenly father. You need to get intimate with God. You need to connect 
with Almighty God. He sees the terrain much clearer. He can see ahead of you. He can see before you, your present, your future. You need to get intimate with, a, with someone like that. Are you all still here? And even if you think you're no good, you are still a son. Even if you messed up, even when you are prodigal, maybe I'm talking about my own self now. One thing, many of you so-called uh, born again, uh, right wing or whatever you call yourself. The people you're trying to judge, the people you're trying to to, to disqualify, they are bona fide sons and daughters of Almighty God. Once you're in the family, the Lord loves you even when you're no good. Can you all handle the truth this morning? Connect yourself with God. You are still son. You are still daughter. So, that is why when we hang out with God, those of us that have God as our heavenly father, we don't talk to him as if he's just our creator. Our relationship with him is much stronger. It's much closer. We see him, yes, he created the universe, but we see him as somebody who saved our soul. We see him somebody who is Lord over our life. In fact, many of us have gone as far as to say we are a friend of God. Eat your heart out. <laughs> Some of us are here this morning, we've talked to him. And throughout the day, we chat with him. Because he's not just creator. We are connected. You need a heavenly father. And the same thing is true with an earthly father. There is a close connection when you have a father. There is that intimacy between you and your dad. I'll give you an example. Uh, this weekend, some of my daughters showed up at my house, where they didn't tell me they're coming. Where I'm minding my own business in my house, I'm in my underwear, <laughs> wearing my pajamas, just chilling, that's right. And they just walked in. No previous, I wanted to tell her, I said, girl, but I won't say anything. You know why I won't say anything? Because I know that that's my daughter. So I have to rush and quickly get dressed in my own house. <laughs> because they are my daughters, they have close relationship. They can come in anytime. They don't have to ask me, Dad, can I go to the refrigerator? They just go. Are you listening to me? 
they have access. I'm trying to help somebody. A friend, when a friend comes in, they have to ring the bell. And I don't know what you all do in your house, but in my house, just because you ring the bell don't mean you're coming in. Don't tell anybody I said that. <laughs> but those who are my sons, those who are my daughter, they are privileged to come in anytime. In fact, they have their own key. <laughs> Jesus. They don't have to ring bell. They just walk in anytime, any hour of the day. Are you still here? So what I'm trying to suggest to you, you need early fathers. And you need spiritual fathers. You need somebody to share with you what thus says the Lord. To remind you regularly who God is, his plan and purpose for your life. You need somebody to push you into your destiny. Are you still here? You need somebody to watch for your soul. <sighs> so what do these fathers do? Whether they are heavenly father, earthly father, spiritual father. What do they do? What kind of powers do they have? I just want to share a few of those and then I'll let you go. Number one, fathers are made to be foundation of the family. What did I call them? If you're going to build anything, you must first lay the foundation. I believe the most important part of this building you are in is not the fancy lights. It's not the sandboard on the wall. It's not the cameras. It's not the chandelier in the lobby. The most important part of this whole building is the foundation. Am I right about it? The male species is God's chosen foundation for the family. I know many of you never get it. That's why you mistreat fathers in your house. That's why you disrespect them. That's why you don't appreciate them. Many men are in jail today because somebody at the house never had enough. Always give me, give me, give me. And in effort to try to make you happy, they ended, ended up being locked up. Oh, I'm going to tell the truth. You'll be amazed how many mothers, how many children have no appreciation of the foundation that they're standing on. Guess where the foundation is located, though? Not only do you need to know you are the foundation, you need to know you are the bottom. See, in America, 
uh, we miss our theology. We'll be walking around telling all these brothers, uh, you're the head of the house. No, you're not the head, you're the bottom. Somebody needs to help you to understand the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you're supposed to carry the whole family. Isn't that something? God positioned you to carry and sustain the whole family. You're supposed to carry the weight of that whole family. Please notice, people come to this campus, this church campus, guess what they do? We have a, a, a professional company that does all of our grounds. That's what we call curb appeals. We have people that we pay to clean and maintain this building. You're not going to come to this house and see a light bulb out. There's a spirit of excellence in this place. What you may not know during the week, people will come. People are just driving. They see a beautiful building like this, and they turn in. Guess what they're doing? They're taking pictures. They will ask, can we come in? I say, of course. you. This is the house of God. And they'll take pictures. They take pictures of the building, of the inside, how it looks pretty. They take pictures of the outside. Some of them will go as far as the highway bridge there to take pictures of the whole building. All those plants and flowers, they'll be taking pictures. But I've never seen anybody come and take pictures of the foundation. I'm trying to help somebody because... Those of you who are fathers, sometimes you're grumpy, you, you, you're mad, you're angry, and nobody recognizes me, nobody appreciates me. Shut up! Ain't nobody coming to take your picture. I'm sorry. But God knows exactly where he placed you. God knows the purpose we place you. And the Bible says, God who sees in the dark will reward you openly. I wish I could help somebody. The best thing that can happen to you is you being in your position and doing what you're called to do, regardless of who says thank you. I wish I can tell you, my family, they're always grateful. I wish I can tell you they, they fully understand the pain, the load, the weight of my head. They have no clue. But your job is to position yourself and show up. Take your place in Christ. And God said, Behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me. 
to, to pay every man according to your work. God will give you the grace to hold up your whole family. God will give you the, the mercy you need so when you fall, get back up. Can I help somebody today? <laughs> I'm just chilling. <laughs> you know, ladies and gentlemen, in every city, I just happen to be a lawyer, but in every city, there's what we call city codes. They have building codes. If you don't believe me, talk to all those lawyers in your church. Now, the amazing thing about building codes in the city, if you tear up the roof, your building would not be condemned. If you got out this old wall, your building would not be condemned. If you wake up this morning and say, I want to change all the lights. Say, I don't like all this light. Your building will not be condemned. But if you fool around and there's a crack in your foundation, that building will be condemned. I'm trying to help you make you need to understand who you are. It will cut off all the arguments. Even sometimes children will say things to you or your own wife will say things you don't even hear. You're too busy trying to do your job. The Bible says if the foundation is messed up, What can the righteous do? Brothers, I pray, and all of you watching me, I pray that you will receive this message with humility. See yourself as God sees you. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants to use you. And that is why, if you notice the devil, the devil is really not interested in women. I know that may be a shocker to you. The devil understood what many of you men fail to understand. He knows you are the foundation. He is trying to mess the foundation up because he knows once he can mess up the foundation of your family, the game is over. Revenge is just like in boxing. I'm always amazed that none of the boxers will try to hit your lady. I'm always amazed. None of them will say, turn your back, let me hit your booty. But they are aiming to knock that head up because they know if they can, that's right, son, if they can knock that head out, everything. I'm trying to help you. If you don't believe me, I wish I have time just to go out 
and get some chicken wing with you. I promise we will drink Diet Coke. So, just to share my heart with you as to who you are in Christ, how important your role is. Isn't it amazing? You remember in the Garden of Eden, Miss Eve looked at the fruit. Am I still in the book? Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Eve touched the fruit. Miss Eve took a bite of the fruit. But the amazing thing is that although she broke every rule in the book, nothing happened. Try to help you. Then Julio came back. Mr. Adam. Then he said, Julio, look. And he looked. Big dummy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just just been just been myself. He said, Julio, you want a bite? Mm -hmm. <laughs> stupid. I wish I could just hang out with all men. And say, just because your wife said it doesn't mean you need to do it. I say, take it, eat. It tastes good. I tried myself. But the more... <laughs> Maybe I, maybe I need to change. The moment Julio took a bite, everything fall, fall apart. Everything. Why? Because the foundation that God made you, you have to protect that. You cannot afford to be doing everything everybody is doing. Just think about it. Look at all the major program of the devil. It is aimed after the man. Just think about it. Pornography. His primary targets are the men. Just think about it. Drugs. I know you ladies, some of you are trying to smoke weeds now. But really, you're not devil's target. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. True story. I never saw a woman smoke in my life until I came to America. This is true story. I was so shocked. I thought I'd missed the rapture. <laughs> No, if you don't believe, ask the Africans among you. No, they don't do stuff like that. Women are very respected. They conduct themselves. They don't eat too much. Now you, some women here, they go second, third round. I know you are not ready for this kind of preaching.
every social problem that we have in the society today, the devil is targeting the brothers. Guns. People shooting at each other. You really going to see women shooting at women? No, that's the, this, the Bible is not complicated. The devil is trying to aim at all these boys. If he can destroy them, he got the whole family. Drugs. The devil is after the foundation. Let me hurry up so that you all can go home and eat chicken. <laughs> My message to you is that you need to make sure as brothers that you recognize who you are in Christ. As the foundation of the family, it is your job primarily to nurture your family. It is your job to discipline your family. It is your job to affirm everybody in your family. It is your job to correct your family. A lot of young people are acting a fool today because the foundation is messed up. When I say correction, don't be scared to correct your, your family because correction is what prepares them for school. So when they get to school, they have to deal with school teachers. I am a teacher. I don't have time to raise your children. Can you handle it? So somebody... <laughs> Somebody have to correct them before they get to me. Correction is what prepare your child to deal with the police. Correction is what prepare your children to deal with their supervisors. If you don't correct them, and some of you mothers, you need to get out of the way. Sometimes God will put a man in your life. Even if it may not be your natural father of your child. But God will plant somebody. You know how we take supplements? Sometimes God will give you a supplement if you don't have the real deal. Can you handle the truth? But then, that man is trying to help you. And you're always in the way. Don't touch my child. Don't tell my child. You are setting that child up for big problem in the future. Are you still here? Correction in those children's life is what helps them to deal with power. Because someday they're going to become powerful. They're going to deal with authority. Those corrections was going to help them to deal with their own emotion. So the role of a man is critical. 
I'm amazed. True story. I say this with utmost humility. My children, they all go to school here, and their teachers will be begging me, do you have another Dara child? What they're really saying, Mama, is that you've corrected them. They're good products for me to teach. But if I don't correct them, I don't care how many PhDs standing before those kids. They're not going to make it. Can you handle the truth? I'm, I'll be wondering, I guess they want me to go make more babies. <laughs> and every time I suggest that to Sister Elizabeth, she said, hell no. <laughs> so, no, no. I'm trying to help somebody. No. I, oh, I'm going to preach. I'm going to pray the gospel. Train up the child. The way he should go. And when he grow up, he won't depart from it. Are you still here? We are got, I got to end up because I have another church coming. Some other powers you have as fathers is called life and death. What did I call it? I don't have enough time now, but let me just remind you in the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 20, there was a brother by the name Zachariah. God was fixing to bless him with a son. But if you notice, God has to close his mouth. God did not close the mouth of his wife. There's a reason for that. Because God knows there is power of love and death in his mouth. If he cursed that child, that child is cursed. If he blessed that child, that child is blessed. And before he screwed things up and called that child what God don't intend, God The wife was never touched. The wife got a mouth too. Ladies and gentlemen, you have power of life and death. Another thing you need to know about you, brother, is that you actually give identity to your children. I know the sister will say, oh, what about me? What about me? <laughs> it's amazing. God will show up. And say, how you doing, Eve? How you doing, children? He'll never talk to any of them. He goes straight to that man. He says, hey, boo, let's talk. Because he knows the order of things. I know you are trying to re rearrange things. Now men don't know if they're men. Sisters don't know if they're sisters. And everybody's all confused. Check yourself, you got a move? <laughs> your identity as a child is in the hand of that man how you say that you remember in your Bible the Bible is so full of examples I just wish we have all day to discuss the Bible says when God created heaven and earth and created all the animals 
guess who we call upon to name them? That's right, preacher. That man is no disrespect to the mother. I was tickled when Terrence texts me from the hospital. He said, this is what I'm naming that child. I said, ha, ah, that sounds like my son. <laughs> the Bible said, everything Adam called them, that's what they became. God is my witness. Every one of my children, what I call them is what they became. When they were little kids, little babino, I called them what I want. They couldn't deviate from it. Their mama could not change their identity. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says you also have power to bless and curse your own family. I'm talking to you brothers now. Genesis chapter 9 Verse 25 was an example. Noah, let me hurry up and mention this. He got drunk, and you men, you're not all that. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. And one of those children saw him drunk with no clothes on. And you know what Noah did? Noah cursed Canaan. It's in your Bible. Genesis chapter 9, verse 25. That cross stick for generations. Again, you see it again. Genesis chapter 17, verse 20. Abraham, even though Ishmael was the wrong child, but Abraham loved Ishmael and blessed Ishmael. Even though God don't like what happened. But God said, because you bless him, I will bless him also. The Saudi Arabians, the Middle Eastern country, the Muslim country, they are the sons and offspring of Ishmael. Till today, they are blessed. Because Abraham blessed that child. Brothers, when you bless your family, your family is blessed. When you curse your family, your family is cursed. What is the message? Father, who is not about buying the new car. Let me buy your car so you can drive around. Father, who is not about buying a new shoe. Some of you buy 300, 400. Michael Jordan shoe. God is my witness. I was never part of that foolishness. My wife and, and, and the children they will go to the store at 5 a.m. They will line up. Conte is not leaving home. Because I know it's not about shoes. I know it's not about what you drive. Your job is to make sure you introduce every member of your family to the Lord Jesus Christ. Your job is to make sure you give every child wings to fly 
so they can fly on their own, so they don't have to depend on you for the rest of their life. I gotta stop. Just make sure in your house there are no two kings. There can be only one king on the throne. Amen, somebody. Make sure you make every one of your children do right. Make sure you insist that they're disciplined, they're focused. Let them see you get up in the morning and go to work. Let them see you feed the family. Let them see you pay the bills. Let them see you provide for the whole family. And when they grow up, guess what they're going to do? That's right, Pastor. They're going to do the same thing. But if they see you, you get up in the morning with a brown bag. Just drinking your heart out. And they see you in the evening beating on their mama. And they see you smoking weeds or reefer. Guess what? They grow up doing the same thing. I got to stop. God will bless you, not because you're so righteous as a father, not because you're so perfect, but because of his grace. Somebody shout grace. grace. God has something called mercy. So I'm going to ask every one of you fathers, wherever you are, Come to the altar. I want to pray with you right quick. And just like you have heavenly father, just like you have earthly father, I am a spiritual father. And I just don't want to, to, to say nice thing. I want to keep it real. I want you to, to blossom for the glory of God. And if you have made some mistake, so be it. God is faithful to restore you. I'm a living witness. I screw up many times. Ain't no shame in my game. But he will restore. Amen, somebody. I say God will restore. How do I know he kept you from alcohol? You should have been in jail, but he kept you. He kept you from drugs. He kept you from all kinds of things. We're not better than those who are locked up right now. Just the grace of God. Hold somebody's hand next to you. not even get it when you are telling them. But you love them until they can get back on track. Somebody love you and me until we could get back on track. I, I wasn't always on track. <laughs> so I was stubborn and full of mess. But God said somebody. Father God, I thank you word is real. I thank you for every father 
standing before this altar. I thank you that you made us. I thank you that you gave us a special place in the kingdom of God. I thank you that we have made foundation of our family. Lord, I pray for strength. Strength to carry on. Strength to endure. A lot of things come against the father of the house. But Lord, you're able to make a way out of the way. Lord, I pray for provision for every one of these brothers. Whatever they would need, whatever we would need to be a success story, Lord, make it happen in our lives. We repent of every mistake we made. Even me, Lord. Many times we miss it. But you are able to forgive us, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Lord, I pray that you will give us another chance. Another chance to bless our family. Another chance to correct our, our children. Another, another chance to do what is right by our spouse. Another chance to do what is right by our family. Lord, I pray for provision. Lord, I pray for strength. Lord, I pray for wisdom. It takes wisdom to lead anything. Lord, the wisdom that each of us would need to lead a family, to sustain a family. That word, Abba, means source and sustainer. Give us the grace to sustain everything we sourced. Lord, I thank you that you have a plan for us. That plan is good, not of evil. That plan is to give us an expected end. Lord, I pray every attack of the enemy on these brothers, even me, Lord, we cancel it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Glorify yourself in our homes. Glorify yourself in our lives. Give us the grace to do what you've called us to do. And Lord, we thank you that every one of these men shall be a success story. It is so. It is so. It is so. In Jesus' name. Open your mouth, shout amen. Come on, open your mouth, shout amen. Give God the Lord a clap offering. It is so. I want to thank all of you for being in church today. If any of you are here looking for a church home, uh, please, after the benediction, come meet the pastor and his wife right here before the altar. With all the men remain standing as they give you a gift from our church. Somebody is coming, some usher, some volunteer is coming to handle to you a gift. This is from Zion Hill Church. This is our way of saying thank you. Thank you for everything you've done for your house. Thank you. Thank you, ushers, for blessing them. Amen. Thank you. 
Make sure you get a piece of the, the blessing. We love you and we thank God for you. All minds clear? Shall we all stand? Pastor, will you please come and bless us? We are grateful to the Higstein family. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We love you. Pastor, anything. Hallelujah. Lift your hands toward heaven. Father, every hand lifted unto you, we loose your angels to be encamped around us, to keep us, God, from all harm and danger. I plead the blood of Jesus over us. I thank you, Father God, no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. I speak the blessing of God over you and your household in Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands and tell the Lord thank you.